The following podcast is sponsored by you. If you'd like to donate to help us continue providing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there, please use the link in the show notes for this episode. Proceeds from your donations will be used to pay for hosting fees, which are the most expensive ongoing part of providing this show. Thank you in advance, and go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. All right, we're back. Rams Rewind is back. The season has started. So it's good to be back with you, everybody. It was good to get off work in spite of the issues I had there and get home to be able to watch the entire second half. And, you know, I listened to the first half and that was something to listen to, to, to hear a VCU team uh, filling it up from outside, hitting big shots from three and a variety of people doing it. It was, that was something to listen to. And yes, you probably, you, you, you can understandably dis- be disappointed VCU didn't was not good offensively in the second half. They were actually it lost the second half by one point. Um, they did you know some of that might have been the substitutions and the fact that we played so many players that we really you know we were kind of out of rhythm. Manhattan, you got to give them some credit defensively uh, in the in the second half. But I I, I just want to talk about this first half because I you know when they when Watkins hits the three at the end of the half to get to forty eight. My first thought was, well, that didn't happen a lot last year. So, of course, once I got home and got settled, I looked. And here's how many times VCU scored 48 and a half last year. Once. That was it. 49 in the second half against Richmond in the game at the Siegel Center where where VCU had the run at the end of the first half and then just blasted Richmond in the second half. They had some 47s and some 46s but not 48. And yes, the offense wasn't good in the second half, but but there's a lot of very positive things to take out of this game. Here's one. This team's got some firepower to it. This team isn't going to have to be a top five defensive team in the country in defensive efficiency to win this year. Because if they can keep the turnovers down, which again is something we said last year, they're going to be a good offensive team. And it turns out, if they could keep the turnovers down, they could be a, maybe even an elite offensive team. I mean, look at these first-half numbers. 17 of 32 from the field. 8 of 17 from the three. And here's the key. I went back and looked at this during as the game was petering out at the end because I was, I was pretty sure the reason they made a bunch of threes in the first half and they didn't make them in the second half is that the threes in the first half were assisted. Seven of those three-pointers were assisted Five of them, or excuse me, six of them by Ace Baldwin, who was an absolute maestro again. Uh, My goodness, doesn't he look like a first-team all-conference player? Again, we got a long way to go. He was pre—I think he was preseason all-defensive team, and I think he was preseason first or second team. He looked it today, and he had eight assists in the first half. So it's kind of disappointing he only ends up with nine because who knows? You know, he keeps putting up numbers like that. 
and he'll challenge Yuri Collins for being the uh, nation's assist leader because that was a big that was a big thing from the three bid league guys. And when I was listening to their predictions, is is that Yuri Collins he, they think will lead the country in assists. Well, Ace Baldwin might have something to say about it, but it, but you know those great numbers, ten assists for seventeen field goals, and he only had four turnovers in the first half, and that was some great offense. And yeah. It was not good in the second half. They went, you know, eight and a half minutes without a basket. Some of it, too, was, you know, Brandon Johns Jr., first game for VCU, was really hot in the first half. They needed to run some more plays for him. I think that was – that sometimes is still one of those things that gets on my nerves with this offense is that when you've got a hot hand, you got to keep getting them the ball. Um, And, and yes, Bruce – you know, not just Ace's performance and the fact that he just missed out on the double-double. And a couple of times that was, you know, that was a the case of uh, players, you know, not finishing stuff. But the foul shooting was the issue. And see, that's and – that, and, that, and I mean, there are several little things. You know, they got, they got a little bit fast in the second half playing. Uh, Manhattan, you know, they let Manhattan – I mean, Manhattan shot over 50% for the game, which is amazing, but of course – what hurts Manhattan is they had more turnovers and they had as many turnovers as field goal attempts in the second half, and they committed 27 turnovers. And sometimes that'll happen. I mean, and they made some ridiculous shots. I mean, Ant Nelson's only basket, and then the guy uh, Glassman who came in at the end, both of those were over Ace Baldwin, and they were just total chucks. And I don't know how either both of them went in. It was ludicrous. So they did let Manhattan get into a bit of a rhythm in the second half, at least when Manhattan wasn't turning it over. And there was a few other things. But, again, so many positives. The fact that this team looks like a team that can actually score and can, act, and, and, can, and, can re, and can rely on that if they're not a great defensive team this year. And in the first half, they had some issues. You know, transition defense was not very good. It was a lot better in the second half. And yes, and Daniel Carter, I love the depth too. I mean, we played doggone thirteen players tonight. I think is what it, is what I'm counting here. It was great. It was just and and it was it, I, it's interesting because they had gotten away from that at the end of the season last year. You know, Mike Rhodes talking about the Army and all that stuff. That wasn't the case near the end of the season, and I think that contributed to some of their problems. Well, not today. I mean, Baldwin is the only guy, I think, that gets over 30 minutes tonight. Yeah, he gets 34 minutes. A lot of people got 20-some. But, again, you get to play all these players, and it's great great to see that. And they can all make a difference. And, look, you know, David Shriver's two for six, but that's the thing, three-point specialist. You know, that's going to be key for this team because he's going to have a game where, he's, where he gets nuclear, and it's going to be necessary because maybe the other guys aren't playing as well. Here's the other thing, too. Rebounded the basketball well tonight. Won the rebounding battle, plus three in the rebounding. I think on offensive rebounding, they won that battle too. I'm looking at that now. Yeah, unbelievable this. You know, and, and you know this won't happen all year, but this is something. 11-1 to 1 on offensive rebounds. You know, and some of that is Manhattan shooting the ball well, but even still, they didn't give Manhattan – but but two second chance points. So Manhattan scored on their only offensive rebound. VCU eleven points on second chance. So you know that was that's really tremendous. That's that's really tremendous uh, from VCU as well. So you know 
you think about some of the early games last year, uh, this, this team, I mean, we weren't feeling we weren't feeling that positive about this team last year. And you and you're right, Bruce. Uh, some of those offensive rebounds, Galoch had three of them, but a bunch of guys got some today. It was really good. It was so that was really good. And Jade Nunn got a couple of those uh, a couple of those uh, offensive rebounds today. So the, the, to to me, this feels so much better than a year ago. It's it's not even a comparison. Uh, and of course, we didn't have AC a year ago, so that's one of the reasons why some of the, those those early games did not look so hot. Uh, Ace Baldwin, though, fifteen points, nine nine assists, six of eight from the foul line. You know, and and let's and let's say this: VCU's foul shooting ends up being pretty abysmal, nineteen of thirty three. It was better in the second half. They were thirteen and nineteen from the foul line in the second half. You know, so that that at least improved a little bit. They did have some issues with the turnovers in the second half, but even still, most games, if you're going to offer me only 14 turnovers for VCU, I'll take it, especially when the other team commits more turnovers in the second half than VCU does in the whole game, which is what Manhattan did. Now, one thing we have to say is it's not like we got the Manhattan we were expecting. You know, the coach gets bounced two weeks before the season starts. Their best player, who's the preseason conference player of the year, says I'm out of here and goes to West Virginia. So, you know, it if they'd have had their full complement, this could have actually gotten a little dicey tonight. And some of the things that were some of the nits that we were picking, although I wouldn't call the foul shooting a nit, it's a pretty big thing when you don't make your free throws. Because it's the one thing that allowed Manhattan to get back in the game before VCU really crushed them in the last segment of the first half. And that was havoc, by the way. But I want and and I and speaking of that, want to praise Mike Rhodes because had issues with the transition defense in the first half, did a much better job in the second half, was very judicious with the press. We've got the horses to run it and maybe even run it more than more than we have since since the since the, you know since the, the heyday of the Shaka Smart era. But don't overdo it because this is still a really good half court defensive team. And you still have a guy at the head of that defense and Ace Baldwin who is who looked every bit the first-team all-conference type, first-team all-defensive type player that he is. When you have a guard that that's good and you can shut down one of the other team's best guards, Ant Nelson for Manhattan <laughs> makes one miracle three, which was almost from Bones Highland territory, and he just threw it up and somehow it went in. And other than that, he didn't make squat. He would have been oh, he'd have been over if it wasn't for that from the field. So, you know, you when you've got a guard that's that good defensively, and you know, none I thought played some pretty good defense tonight as well. Uh you 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 need to rely on that half court defense. And since we mentioned none and since Daniel Carter mentioned it, yeah, none 0 for three from the foul line. We can't have that. Can't you can't as a guard go to the foul line and and throw bricks up because that that means you can't play down the stretch in close games. Yeah, we we can't have that. But overall. Just so uh, really pleased with this performance. Again, night and day from a year ago. Jameer Watkins, you know, gets blocked, takes a hard hit on the floor, gets right back up. And then after a turnover, gets the ball and throws it down with some authority. That's one of my highlights of the night, honestly, because you just don't you don't know. You don't know how when you're coming off a major injury like that, and you've missed a year of basketball, 
You just don't know how you're going to react, how your body's going to react. It's just like a football player that's been out for a long time. First time they get hit, they need that. But then it's like, okay, you know, how how are we doing from there? Uh, you know, how, how does the body respond to that? So just that that was tre- that was a tremendous sequence. And there were several of those like that where, yeah, VCU turned it over, but they got back on defense and made good, solid plays. And even during the drought, and this is why I, I wasn't nearly as upset as I would have been last year during some of their long droughts, they had good possessions. They moved the basketball. The players move, moved well without the basketball. They were patient. There was not a lot of chuck and duck, even in that long stretch without a basket. They just had sh- good shots that didn't go in. And I can live with that. If you're running the offense like you're supposed to and you're taking good shots and they just don't go in, hey, that's what happens. The good news is they had a big lead and it didn't and it didn't cost them the game. You know, there'll be some belly aching from all of us, I'm sure, when we get to later in the season and it probably does cost us a game. But you can live with it when you move the basketball, when you move without the basketball, when you pass up marginal shots to give somebody a better shot. And a perfect example of this, and I said this in the game thread, which again, if you're listening and you're not part of VCU Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, one of the best reasons to be part of VCU Good, the Bad, and the Ugly is the game threads because we have a lot of fun in there and we'll be tough and we'll be critical and we'll be a little crazy, but it's entertaining. You had a sequence there where all the newcomers, so Zeb, Zeb Jackson comes, you know, we've tur- VCU turns it over, Manhattan's driving, this guy, I'm not sure who, who has it for them, but he drives kind of into a double team. Zeb Jackson, perfectly timed, gets down there, causes the steal. He he drives, he, he, he goes to the other end of the floor. He could have pulled it and taken a three. Wouldn't have been a good shot. He sees David Shriver, another newcomer, in his spot on the wing behind the three-point line, gets it to him. Shriver shoots it. He doesn't make the shot. It's a good shot. And Toby Lawal is hustling the whole time and not just watching the action. He's running out there, gets in a good position so that when that Shriver shot goes up and it doesn't go in, they got to foul him to stop him from getting the offensive rebound and probably a dunk. And that is the sort of thing. And again, these are three newcomers. You know, two of them are freshmen. or One of them's, one of them's, one of them is a freshman. You know, and and they're making that kind of a play. And look, this offense isn't going to be as good as it was in the first half all the time because you know you're when you're integrating this many players in, it's hard to get in a rhythm. But you see plays and sequences like that, and you see it from the new guys. And that's the other thing; it's going to push the veterans on this team because when those guys play like that, they're going to get minutes, which means you better play hard and bust it, bust your butt out there. Or you won't get the minutes. Um, and yeah, Bruce Stevenson, he does. Toby Lawall, Toby Lawall is pedal to the metal from the get-go. And again, there'll be times when that causes us Ajita because he'll make some mistakes and he'll get a little too excited. But he does, he absolutely shells out, sells, sells out out there and gives you everything he's got. And that play was emblematic of it. And that's one of my favorite plays in this game was that right there was that sequence. It ended up with a Toby Lawall foul shot that he didn't make because it was a one-and-one, and and that's frustrating. But everything that led up to that, that's what this team's got to be about if it's going to be successful. 
So, you know, that doesn't – that hardly ends up in the score sheet because Shriver misses a shot. Laval, well, Laval gets an offensive rebound. He misses a free throw. But that was emblematic of their effort tonight, and I love that from them. So, look, you get a night. You know, none wasn't that great. He only had five points. That's okay. Four different guys in double figures. Let me see here. Five, six, seven, eight. Let me see here. One, two, three, four. Ten different guys scored tonight. Ten different guys scored tonight. I can tell you this. There'll be not there'll be a few nights where they might where that might happen and they'll lose, but it's going to be against really good teams. Against most of the teams they play, when they get 10 guys scoring, they're going to win. And one of those guys that didn't score, you know, was was Billups, who I think we all think is going to be somebody that's going to be a major contributor to this team, as a for instance. You know, and, and Josh Banks didn't score, but he only got in really at the end of the game. And look, they'll those each of those guys, their time's going to come. And and I really do hope that we stick to this. Because, yeah, it's going to create some issues for us on offense at times. But seriously, I want to smother, I want to see VCU smothering teams with this depth. I want to see VCU, you know, putting teams in the blend, in the blender with the Havoc press. And with this depth, they can do it. And, and you know, Ed Nixon, who, of course, wonderfully was on the commentating tonight. I don't know who the play-by-play guy was, but uh, it was great to hear Ed Nixon again. Hopefully we hear him all the time doing men's and women's games uh, this year. But he's so right. They can go so many different ways with their lineups. They have so many way, different ways that they can play. You know, very big, very small, very fast, not as fast, whatever it is. They can, they can, they really have a team that, you know, they can change it. And that's the other thing. Having that tactical flexibility means that if it isn't working, and Rhodes is willing to change it, then he will. Of course, do have to say in the first half, when they had to, they had the three threes in a row and they looked like they were starting to get rolling, got a big lead, and then they let Manhattan get back in it. And once again, Mike Rhodes calls a timeout too late. That's getting on my nerves. But I like the way this team is set up. And, and in one sense, this may be the most, this may be the best setup. For somebody that coaches the way Mike Rhodes does, this may be the best setup he's ever had in that regard. And I hope he sticks with it. Because again, if it's not working, change it. You've got enough good players to change it. You've got enough ways to vary the lineup to change it. You know, really, Ace Baldwin should probably be the only player on the floor that gets 30 minutes a night this year. He was the only one tonight. And I think in general, unless somebody's just absolutely on fire and you can't take him out because he's playing that well, most nights Ace Baldwin should be the only guy getting 30 minutes. And even then, I, I want to – I you know, Zeb Jackson and Nunn both showed the ability to kind of handle things a little bit in terms of the point guard's you know duty when Baldwin was out – was not out there. In some of these games, like the next one coming up with Morgan State – I kind of want to see if we can get away with experimenting there and allowing them to, to take those reins for a while so that we can keep Baldwin fresh, especially in the in the bigger games we have, like as, as Paul Seward mentioned next week when they go to New York. Um, so I really enjoyed I really enjoyed even though the second half was was a bit of a struggle, I really enjoyed this game tonight and and I feel 
really good about the direction of where this team is going. And I know it's early. It's only one game. You know, there's, you know, how am I going to feel if they go to New, if they if they go to New York and they don't play well? I mean, that's a fair point and all that stuff. But I do. I, I think that I think there's a lot. There was just a, so many positives out of this game tonight. And I just I think we've got we've got the ability for the first time in a long time to be able to to score our way out of trouble. Because let's be honest, throughout pretty much the entirety of Rhodes' tenure, with a few exceptions, you know, Bones Bones could bail us out a few times. And the the kid that transferred with Rhodes over here, uh, Marcus Evans, there was a few few times when he could kind of bail us out. But we haven't been a team that could score their way out of trouble. We've been a team that could defend their way out of trouble. That's the way we've been. And there's nothing wrong with that, but – it's tough because you can be that great defensive team, but if you can't consistently score the basketball once in a while, you know, things can go really sideways. Um, but this team might be able to do that. This might be the first time in a long time that we can actually score our way out of trouble if we need to. Again, it was it was disappointing. The second half offensively wasn't great, and then they didn't make a three in the second half, and that's not great. But again, it wasn't Chuck and Duck. And that's the other thing. You know, they took 17. They were 8 of 17 in the first half from three because they were shooting the ball well. Second half, they only took seven of them. That's smart. That's smart. That's that's not just chucking and ducking, which is something we've had an issue with here a lot. And see, that's, that's why that second half doesn't bother me nearly as much. The so- shot selection, for the most part, was good. There was a couple of times – you know that they played too fast, and there was a there was a couple times. That's the other thing, Deloach. He's got to learn about not getting himself too far under the basket, because even as good an athlete as he is, that move and Vince Williams is one of the few players I've seen that could master it. That move where you kind of get under the basket too far, and then you kind of go jump back and shoot the ball off the backboard and knock it in. That that's not something a, a, a lot of college players are very good at. And there's a lot of college players that do that, and they either they'll either end up traveling or they get an offensive foul or they just miss the shot. Vince Williams was really good at it, and he was one of the better ones I've seen in a long time that was really good at it. But in general, the shot selection tonight I was really happy with, even in the second half. And I think that's just you know, and see that's the other that and that's the other thing. And Bruce Stevenson said it as well, and I agree with this. You know. There'll be nights where instead of being six of twenty-two in the second half with the shots they took, they'll be fifteen of twenty-two. And and there'll be nights where instead of just getting twenty-five in the second half like they did tonight, they'll get they'll get forty or fifty. And so, you know, I kind of feel confident in saying this. I, I think this won't be the last time we get 48 and a half this year. And I think that, you know, we'll have maybe even several games where we get you know to 85 or 90 or something like that because we've got the firepower to do it. And how cool is that? Paul Seward's going to see Vince Williams uh, down in the G League tonight. I like it. I like our, 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 our tomorrow night. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I, I just I can't – I think – I just can't wait to see what Vince will do in the league. It's going to take some time for him to work his way into rotation, but I think he's going to do it because it's just he's got the mentality for it. 
and he's just going to be willing to do anything. So great performance. I, I really enjoyed this performance tonight, even though the second half, you know, was a little eh in general. For some reason, I, I guess I'm so used to to Friday college basketball games at this time of the year that I thought they were playing Friday night. But no, it is Saturday night, Morgan State. So I am working. But hopefully, if I can get home at the time that I did, or maybe even a little earlier, uh, I will be. Uh, I'll be able to do exactly this. I'll be able to watch, you know, most of the game. Most of the game on the. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Most of the game on the ESPN Plus, and then be able to be with you live. Uh, if not, of course, it will drop in podcast land the next day. Uh, so that's that's Saturday. I'm happy to say Wednesday. Uh, usually, I'm off, and even if I'm not. With the, with the VCU getting the late tip at eight thirty, I I I'm fairly confident that that I'll be able to uh, that I'll be able to join you live because usually unless something really goes wrong, I'm home by eight thirty from work. So that is the plan. So it's 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 good that we're starting the year with a live video instead of you know me watching it later and then having to come back. And then um, you know and then we have and then and and then we're going to have it hopefully for the next few games. Uh, let's see here. Let me do this real quick before we get out of here. Uh, first A-10 check of the year. Uh, not a bad start for the A-10 team so far. Uh, Rhode Island did lose at home to Quinnipiac, and that's always tough when you lose a bye game. But, you know, it's also the first the first game for, uh, for Archie Miller there. So Rome isn't built in the day. LaSalle actually was pretty good in that Villanova game from what I saw. Lost only by 13, actually won the second half. Uh, Dayton had no trouble with Lindenwood, so they didn't lose their opener like last year. Um, St. Bonaventure won. Massachusetts won for Frank Martin in his first game. Richmond won. George Washington had no trouble with uh, with Virginia State. And uh, right now, ooh, Loyola Chicago is having a little trouble with Fairleigh Dickinson, though. And uh, George Mason got jumped at the start against Auburn and actually he's made a bit of a game of it, made a bit of a game of it at halftime, but they're down uh, – they're down 14 with uh, seven and a half minutes to go in that game. So, And St. Louis is looking like they're going to beat Murray State, which is, well, again, that's a bye game, but that might turn out to be a really good win. Murray State's usually good in that league. So not too bad from them. Let me see. I'm going to check on Morgan State real quick, see if they play tonight or not, because that's since that's who we're playing. And, oh, yes, you know, that's another reason to join our group. You know, we'll be – we do. We also are always looking after our non-conference schedule and that sort of thing with tales from the non-conference, which we'll get going in earnest in about a couple weeks after we get a few games in. Yeah, Morgan State's uh, getting uh, getting knocked around pretty good by Xavier tonight. That's ninety-four sixty-five with uh, three twenty-eight to go in that game. So tough start for the Bears, but again, you know, playing on the road against Xavier—that's a tough game. So that is it. Thank you, everybody in the chat. For all the comments, I really appreciate it. Looking forward to another season with you folks. Everybody out in podcast land, thank you for listening. And if you donate, we thank you as we thank you as well. We really do appreciate it uh, and your support of this podcast and your continued support of this co- podcast. Uh, the season has started, and uh, I'm just looking forward to, to – I, I was already looking forward to it anyway, and now that we finally got a game of, uh, under our belt, I'm looking forward to it even more. This is – this could be a really fun season, and uh, I'm just you know we'll we'll see what happens 
we're going to get to see what happens and hopefully lots of these live videos and, and uh, podcasts for you right after the game instead of having to, you know, watch it later and that sort of thing. So thank you all for listening. Rams Rewind, remember us there. Like I say, there's a tip jar on Podbean and there's other, I think there's links in the description to, to donate if you want to and all that good stuff. And uh, we'll see you hopefully after uh, Morgan State live Saturday night. Have a good night, everybody. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.